Hey, it's Antoinette and welcome to another episode of the Hormone Heartbeat Podcast. Today's episode in the fertility series is all about the spiritual aspect of your fertility journey and the concept of spirit babies and how couples can communicate with their spirit babies and call them into conception. I believe fertility is the marrying of a couple's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. My guest today is Lynn Newman, the founder of Gray Mothering, where she helps resourceful women navigate the dark in motherhood and life. After going through her own struggles, including dealing with fertility, loss, and cancer, she learned firsthand the depth and meaning of self-compassion. She's an inspiring speaker, author, and holistic occupational therapist who loves to facilitate transformation. Her ultimate wish is that every person, small or big, listen and trust their intuition. Welcome to the Hormone Heartbeat Podcast, a podcast about female empowerment through menstrual cycle health, the true heartbeat of your hormone status. With each episode, we'll explore the foundations of hormone health with science, soulful and heartfelt conversations, a dash of sass and feminine pizzazz. Our dream is to arm you with exactly what you need to be an unstoppable female force, ready to achieve all that your heart desires and embrace your inner goddess. And here's your host, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, fertility awareness educator, hormone enthusiast and lover of pretty things, Antoinette Falco. Welcome, Lynn. It's so great to have you on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So today we're talking about a topic that might be a little bit out of the box for some people, but I think it is so, 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 so fascinating And I want more women who are on this TTC fertility journey to motherhood to know about. And the topic we're going to talk about today is called spirit babies and how you can communicate with your spirit babies before they arrive physically, whether in a pregnancy or you meet them at your your birth when they come into this world. So Lynn, let's start with you sharing a little bit about your personal journey and how your spirit babies maybe came to you and your partner prior to conception. And then I'd love to hear how that's influenced the work that you do now. Oh, where to start? (laughs) I mean, when I was a teenager, I didn't have a cycle and my mom took me to go see an OBGYN and he did a laparoscopy and went right in there and checked things and didn't really conclude anything. I had doctors throughout my 20s tell me, just don't worry about not having a period. Like that's a good thing. Just worry about it once you want to have kids, right? So the time came, I got married and never had a cycle. I could count on one hand how many times I had a cycle. And I cut dairy out and done some things. Um, But I ended up with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so I remember a doctor saying to me, why don't you just buy a Lamborghini instead of going through all this treatment and stuff? Because the likelihood of you having a baby is really like non-existent. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, you're not supportive, which is key number one, right? Like finding people who are going to support you when you're on this journey is really, really, really important. And who believe in what's possible and yeah, can think outside the box too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I still so, can't believe it. I think I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be shocked for a I long know. time that someone said that even the, like, don't worry about your period. You don't, you don't need a period. 
I know, very, very dismissive. I had women doctors in university tell me, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, this was, I'm 40 now. I mean, this was 20 odd, 20 years ago. Um, So I'd like to think that times have changed a little bit. Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So when I, once I got married, I knew that I was going to have trouble conceiving if, because when you don't have a cycle and you're not ovulating, it's impossible to conceive. Right. So I started reading lots. I, you know, the mind body connection, my background is in healthcare. I'm an occupational therapist. And so basically though, as an OT, spirituality is at the core of what we do. The profession sort of developed after, after the war when with war vets who had lost meaning, who had lost physical, mental, emotional, you know, who had struggles. And so occupational therapists through meaningful activity, through leisure, through found, uh, helped people find meaning and purpose in their everyday life. So that's kind of like the gist of what we do. And so... All that to say is it, I, my professional background, so how that's my journey personally sort of was informed by my professional being resourceful and advocating for myself and finding meaning and purpose was really important. And that the spiritual thread is what has carried me through my personal fertility motherhood journey in terms of looking at having a, just a unique perspective in terms of what's going on, because we certainly can't control everything. Right. So I often work with people who've, you know, have who've been in car accidents, who have brain injuries, who've babies have been born with, you know, different abnormalities, like a whole bunch of different things that can happen. Right. You mentioned spirituality. I'd love to even know your definition of it, because I think that's a word that confuses people. We get spirituality confused with religion. You know, how, how do you define spirituality? Just being in flow, being aligned to who you are, really. I mean, there's nothing religious about it. You don't even have to believe in a higher source or being or anything, but it's really just being in connection with yourself is how I see it. And that's unique to everybody. So whether that's, you know, when you're skiing down the hill or you're, you don't even have to be in activity, but it's just when you are at your, as I say, at your best, but even when you're at your worst, you know, if you can be aligned with who you are and that's where the journey is right? Is, you know, you can go more in depth, like the energy, the energy that we have, we have, um, who we are at our core, what's important to us. Being in flow with who we are. I think that's a really good definition of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did your spirituality lead you towards the concept of spirit babies and this idea? Tell me about how that came. So I looked at diet, doing Qigong twice a day. I was with my personality and maybe, maybe some of your listeners is like, Perfection, not perfect. Well, kind of perfectionist, like used to getting what I want, being in control, like working hard, very passionate. So it's like, okay, I read something, I'm going to do it 100%. So right. part of my journey was to learn to like, let some of that go and know like, oh my God, I, I don't have all the control. And working through envy and jealousy and how come it's easier for her and not me? And I mean, all those things and judging, maybe being really hard on myself for sure, for sure, for sure. And also came coming from an empowered place, you know, right? So there's like two sort of, I mean, it's not black and white. Sometimes we think I could go into more fear and sometimes it was more like love approach, you know, like I'm going to do set up my environment, my body, my mind, my soul, um, because it's all connected and just really nurture and support myself. And I think 
being that inner like mothering myself, if you will, to prepared me for motherhood. But how I came across spirit babies was I had sought out a hypnotherapist and she was also a previously was a midwife. Um, so I just found her via Google and she's in here in Toronto where I live. And so I'd seen her quite a few times to help me work through even some of my fears and some of my blocks or subconscious stuff that was coming up. Right. And um, she had mentioned that she had a client who had mentioned the spirit baby book by Walter McKitchen. And so right away I was like, yes, you know, I was so open to that. I, as a teenager, I read like, conversations with God. I was very open. I had a spiritual mentor at 18 throughout my 20s. Like I was very open to, you know, I read many lives, many masters, like past lives. So when she told me this for me, it was the key, like it was something that I really gravitated towards and resonated with. Oh, so many good tidbits in what you just said about, you know, wanting to do everything and trying to control everything in your life. I think that's a characteristic that a lot of women trying to conceive they would they can identify with yeah. and that bit about you get to a point or you know maybe it could go two ways like it could be something that you've incorporated the mind body connection from the beginning or maybe you've been on this physical healing journey for your body and then you get to the you know that mind piece the spirituality piece but letting go i think that is the key word in all this like letting go of the things you can't control maybe drawing in more of the more of the intangibles and how to support your body on those on multiple the multiple levels and it's so not easy <laughs> you know it's not so easy, not easy. <laughs> and it's a journey and it's a process like i and i don't even want i think there's also a thread to where even even speaking that I have a sensitivity to like not even put more added pressure on women that right. it's your fault. Like there's no blame, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to just, and even saying letting go, there's also a piece of letting go of the attachment. So like saying, or doing it for what intent, right? So eventually I got to a point where I was doing it for, if I was doing it all this to control getting pregnant with the intention, of course, that was my desire was to become a mom and have a baby, but came from a place of really squeezing tight and like trying to control it versus energetically, it's very different if it's just, I'm going to do this because it feels really good. And I trust, can't control the outcome, but this is maybe the best thing for my health and me. And when baby, so the spirit baby book, it helped me see that I wasn't, it wasn't just me, that there's something bigger going on and that there's this other component, which is the baby, right? That the baby also has a personality and desires and fears. And so they will come when they're ready. And so it just, reduced the pressure for me. So when I was able to reduce Mm. the pressure and again, not saying that like it happened miraculously and it, maybe it's not everyone's path or journey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I love using the word journey to describe it because it really is like no woman or couple is gonna, it's going to be at the same place at the same time. Exactly. Like letting go of the attachment of being a mom or like Mm. being a parent so hard. Yeah. Some, some of us just need to go through that. Right. And so even how we view it when you can see it as an opportunity for growth or for me personally, it helped me to me navigate what I was navigating even now, right over 10 years ago, I have two daughters. They're almost eight and 10, but my husband was diagnosed with cancer when I was pregnant with my 
so my third pregnancy, but my firstborn. And so that fertility journey kind of prepared me even for the cancer journey. And he was advanced incurable uh, melanoma cancer. And I thought maybe I was going to be a widow, right? So that was like a whole other journey of can't control. Like there are things you can do and there are things you can't. And ultimately what's going to happen, you know, living in the unknown. And it felt like the equivalent of the going through every three months when he would have scans and it was bad news, bad news, bad news. It felt like going through a miscarriage over and over and over again, right? Like waiting right every month you're waiting or even just conceiving, like you're waiting. Am I pregnant? You're not sure what the future in your mind. You're like, okay, baby, would we do at this time? Or am I going to, you know, like there's lots going on in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. The surrender piece is huge. And it's the story that we create around what's happening that, matters. And again, no shame or judgment around that, but that's what we can look at, right? It's like, am I saying that I suck? Like, and I went through that. I was like, is all of this happening because Mark and I are meant to be together or like what's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you have some tips for women to help break apart what that story is for them or how to even start looking and exploring that in their journey? Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's again, it's a, it's a journey and a process. The number one thing that I've learned and that I help people with too, is just that it's not personal. Like it is personal. Like it's your responsibility and choice to look at this stuff. Right. And there's something much bigger going on and stuff happens, right? Like it's not, and I don't mean that, but it helps everyone, 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 everyone will go through something hard or something tragic, traumatic at some point in their life, right? Like that's just inevitable. It's part of life. And I remember thinking when Mark was diagnosed, I was like, okay, if I had to go through my fertility stuff and two pregnancy losses to then realize like what that gave me was the power of the mind, body, spirit connection. That is what I had to go through. Like it gave some kind of meaning and purpose to it to help mm. my husband then navigate his health stuff. Like it gave some yeah. meaning to it. And it wasn't fun, but it, but I did discover like, and the connection around, and it did prepare me for motherhood. You know, ultimately I was meant to have my two daughters. It reminds me also of conversations I've had with some of my p- patients where We've been trying to identify what's the life lesson, what are my, what's the learning, what's the, what can I be grateful for amongst this really hard emotional journey? Yes. And that's hard to do because you're like getting your brain to get to a place of being grateful for struggle. You know, that's so opposite. Yes. But as you said, it gave you tools that allowed you to be a stronger, present, attentive, like mom that you didn't even think you could have been until that journey. Yes, definitely. So much resilience is built through struggle and compassion mm-hmm. and perspective and definitely. But for some of us, it can break us down. You know what I mean? Like it's not to say that everyone grows from it. I mean, definitely you need support. Well, I, I know I needed support and I needed to also connect to something that to have the perspective, right? And mm-hmm. to find the purpose in it for me and who I am. Yeah. And the gratitude thing for sure is huge. Finding gratitude when you're sort of stuck between, you know, a rock and a hard place is not easy, but it's totally something that is very important and key. Yeah. When you can do that. Mm-hmm. 
So I am just curious, and I'm sure our listeners are too, to know about what your consultation was like with Walter. Now, there might be some listeners who have read Spirit Babies or maybe are thinking about it, and maybe they can hear your story of how you were able to connect with your babies before before you conceived them. Mm-hmm. So when the hypnosis on um, had told me about the book, I got it right away and I contacted him again. This is over 10 years ago. He has since passed. He passed a few years after that, but it was like $300 US and it was, you know, there's a huge wait list and, but I did it anyway. I thought, oh no, I definitely want to, you know, talk with him. But in the meantime, the book is really great. It shares a bunch of stories of women having, you know, had abortions or miscarriages or trouble conceiving adoptions. I mean, there's tons of beautiful stories in there. And he describes spirit babies as green ovals or speckles of light and ways in which you can, you know, uh, meditate or communicate with baby. Um, So for me, I had uh, got a journal and started writing and journaling was a big part of my life and what I did. And just even also affirming, you know, reading like a little fertility prayer and also the quote, and I'll say it right now is perhaps every couple that faces the struggles of infertility is being guided by a more advanced soul who is molding his or her new parents. That quote helped me personally because I was like, okay, this is a more advanced soul. (laughs) You know, like it gave some meaning to it and, and was able to help me sort of soften a little bit in it and know that I wasn't alone in doing this. I was working and this is the same. It prepares you for birth or whether you're accepting a baby via surrogacy or adoption. I mean, it all sort of applies. But when eventually I did speak to Walter, I was pregnant with Stella uh, in my first trimester, but I had had two losses before that. And he picked that up right away. So this is over the phone. And basically, he was like a medium, like was able to communicate psychic, psychically and energetically. Um, and we all have that ability. So you don't need to talk to him or someone else. You can develop those abilities. But it definitely is helpful when someone is very sort of tacked in. But he he described, he said, you know, those two losses were like real deaths to you. And just having him affirm that for me was very validating because I felt a little bit lonely in dealing with my miscarriages. They were really early and they were back to back one month after the other, which was good. I got pregnant, (laughs) but uh, it was hard to lose, lose them. So uh, he said, you know, now you have the same spirit baby. So it was the same soul. He just went into the whole description of our karmic pattern. So past lives, if you believe in that or not, um, he described that I was, this baby and I had had parent-child bond in previous lives. And that one of us uh, had died in a fire in one lifetime and in another lifetime, the other one had died in uh, drowning. So he was like, the baby is wavering. And I I thought, oh gosh, no, I don't want to have another miscarriage. You know, I don't want to lose this baby. And at the, you know, he gave me a couple tips like chanting and visualizing certain colors and continuing to talk to the baby, reminding, you know, babies, the spirit babies, leaving the spirit realm and coming into a physical body is quite, can be quite risky, right? Like it's very comfortable there. And so reassuring spirit babies is something that you can do. Like it's, depending on the personality of your baby, right? Like some come right away. It's like a couple has sex once and they get pregnant, like boom, right? And then other other spirit babies are a bit maybe more cautious. There's tons of different reasons why the timing of it will vary, 
right? He said, but there is this other little spirit baby, this other little, she's connected to your husband, a little girl, and she is willing to take this, this body, you know, and to switch basically with this other spirit baby that's wavering. And he was a boy and was connected to me. And uh, it was just, it was the last couple of minutes of the hour consult and it was, it's kind of stuck out to me. And within, you know, like a few weeks or a month, I can't remember exactly when, but I did feel a shift in my pregnancy. It was like that spirit baby left and my Stella came in and her and her father have a strong bond and he was diagnosed with cancer. I think the other spirit baby was probably just like, fuck that. I'm not so like, I should watch my language. Like, you know, I'm not staying <laughs> if I have the chance of losing a parent, not doing that. And she, yeah, she came in and, and you know, that perspective also helps say you do eventually, you know, you have a child like in parenthood and motherhood, we go through things like life stuff will happen, right? Like Mark's like stuff happens. So him having cancer and we were barely coping and it was really hard. I thought, oh my gosh, my girls, why did they choose this life? But knowing that they chose us and that they chose this helped that I don't have all the control and I'm not responsible for their journey. They have their own journey. And as long as my responsibility is to show up again, so whether it's the fertility journey or whatever journey, show up fully and be kind to myself when I can't show up 100% fully. Our 100% varies depending on many different factors, whether it's stress or sleep or trauma, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Wow. I think the idea of your babies chose this world, chose its parents. A colleague was sharing her visualization of imagine there's rainbows in the clouds and then there's all these babies up there and then there's waterfalls and they have slide down the waterfall when they're being invited and welcomed in a like safe way and they slide right down and that's conception and I remember having like that's really a beautiful visualization for those who maybe can't visualize what that world is like. Visualizations are, are so powerful. I know for myself, that part of my brain for some reason is really developed and I can get really strong visualizations, but I would love to hear some of the specific exercises that you did, or maybe if you can touch on what Walter talks about in terms of like what type of visualization helps, what type of meditation. It doesn't have to be something prescribed like specifically, although the, okay. I think it's the vibration of being in flow or being resonant, right? So if like dancing to music or being in, you know, going for a hike and like, I think that's what, well, from my perspective, that's what matters most and tapping into your own instincts and your own intuition, because every woman knows her body and her soul most and best. So wherever you are, the process might be to start reducing distractions, right? Or slowing down or decluttering. I mean, it could be so many different things Mm -hmm. that's unique to wherever you're at. Um, Your environment, whether it's internally or externally matter, right? In terms of like, yeah, just setting up a nice space and how you want to feel in that space, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we mentioned quite a few like gratitude, you know, so whether journaling or if it's just a little meditation practice, visualization for me too was really powerful tapping into your dreams finding quotes like for me like the little fertility prayer I read it every night helped 
basically what it helped me do because I, at one point I thought I'm never going to be a mom, right? It's like, so the beliefs, um, you, what you want to do is to start actually shifting it, working through the barriers there, right? Like, so the fears of not ever becoming a mom, I would invite, you know, I do this work with families and women that I work with in actually let's shine a light on this darkness, you know, like, Mm. okay, so what would that mean if you don't become a mom? Tell me more about that. Right. And to actually go there because then it doesn't have so much of a grip on you. So for me with the cancer, it's like, okay, if I were to become a widow, then what? Right. So I had to go there. I had two little ones. I had postpartum depression. I had like lots of financial stresses and I had to get to a point where I knew I was going to be okay. Right. Like, yes, it would have been hard, but I, I had to get to that point of knowing that it was going to be okay, no matter what, that we couldn't control the outcome, but I would for sure do my best to do what I could, right? So prayer, um, asking for support. I think it all applies to different, whatever you're going through, feeling empowered in your choices, coming from a place of love is really important, you know, like rather than fear and then looking at the fears for sure. It could be so scary to go, to go, you know, to go deeper, to explore those emotions that maybe there are either stories that you've told yourself over and over, or they're, they're imprints from, you know, potentially upbringings or past lives, like, you know, exploring emotions brings up more emotions and it can be terrifying. For sure. Yes. Eventually. So finding a safe, you know, I think safety for me is like very paramount. Feeling seen and understood and heard is like so important. And mm-hmm. I think feel like that's like my strength too, when, when doing this with people, but it's what I needed as well. It's what helped me first and foremost, like out of everything and learning to love and accept ourselves, like even when, or even if whatever. Right. Yeah. Hmm. In Walter's book talks about couples combining their auras and energy fields. And it had me thinking about fertility and the couple's connection, the synchronicities and like how essential that is in the journey. Do you have like any additional, I mean, you shared your story and it was very much about the connection between you and your husband as well for your spirit baby to come mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. But I was wondering if you had anything else to share on that idea. It's a big, big topic. I mean, none of this is, none none of this is simple. It's, it's complex. It's definitely not (laughs) multifaceted, right? You know, to be honest, Mark is very laid back. So sometimes again, depending on who your partner is for us, it was nice on in one sense, but the other sense, like, and I'm highly sensitive, deeply, you know, invested and, and I, I wanted to become a mom. And when he would say like, don't worry, it's going to happen. Like it didn't always just like, it didn't help me feel safe and seen or like, yeah, I felt safe, but not like necessarily heard. And even now, so I think with sharing the cancer story, my point was, is that, so I had to grieve, like I wanted to have three, four kids maybe, or I would have, you know, I would have tried, but because he was, you know, dealing with cancer and we couldn't. So now I'm 40, he's cancer free, which is a miracle stage four melanoma. And he's here. He's just got the the couple months ago, the clear on that. So we have to make the next three years. Yeah. So it's it's good. We're in a different place. So it's like, okay, let's try for another baby. Right. So I'm in this too, right now, it's not happening (laughs) right on my timeline. Like in terms of, I was like, I'll approach this first I, you know, it's like, do I, do we want this? Right. So once you know your intention and your desire, that's clear, then it's okay. 
let's see. But even if you, when you approach it in a sort of let's surrender and see and not, not hold on too tightly uh, to the outcome, it can still like every month we're a little bit disappointed, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. a big part of, of this journey is acknowledging our emotions, having space for the grief, having space for the anger and the jealousy and not judging that, right? So you're able to bounce back, or at least I've learned to, and I help others with this. It's, to acknowledge it and see it and then how do we move through it right and yeah a lot of childhood conditioning and even past life uh, inherited wisdom and trauma you know factors in and all of this for sure but your question was oh, that for the couple so eventually I turned it around and thought okay there's no one better that I would want to go through this with right it's not the story I was telling myself is like Maybe, maybe all this is happening because we're not meant to be together, but it was, it's not that, you know, it's that he and I, this is just what's happening. And even from like a big cosmic, big picture level, right? We chose to go through these things and we don't have to like it, but we can also surrender and grow from it. And again, not to say that it's easy. Surrendering, I think is a hard, it's a hard word to fully understand because for some women, you know, I know I've used the word surrender and they're like, no, I'm not giving up. But surrendering isn't giving up. No. So surrender to me means that you're co-creating with the bigger God, higher being, higher source, divine. And, and it doesn't even have to be that. It could just be like that you're, you're just trusting in the process on some level, but you're also taking inspired action. Like there's lots of action that you're taking. There's lots of you know, whether that's even just getting up in the morning and taking two minutes to write in your journal or taking, you know, 15 minutes to go for a walk or do you know what I mean? So like the surrender, it's like while you're living, you're also there's like a level of trust and faith, but that's not easy too. I get it. Like it's um, how do you continue to have faith when things aren't working out the way that you want? I think I read an interesting post the other day. A woman was sharing her about her connection with God during her journey and how she got so resentful and angry and it totally ruined that relationship that she Mm -hmm. had. And I was reading that and, you know, I was nodding my head. I was like, okay, I can kind of see it. But then another part of me was, was thinking, oh, but that's completely missing the mark when it comes to religion and spirituality. You know, you, you want to be able to, to like trust whatever that is, that higher being is, and that things are, are happening as they're supposed to and they're just looking for what's the best for you. You know, it's not it's not malicious or malintention or it's not like you deserve this. I'm not meant to be guilt have guilt or blame or shame or anything like that. And that's the thing like when we make a story or we take it personal, right? Like yeah. in a like in a sort of a, in a dark way which is natural. Like we need to normalize that we do yeah. this part of the process. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But the intention what you want to do is to move through that. You can see the bigger picture or you can see even the small details of like what the subtleness of it and insidious too. Like it's so ingrained. We might not even have the awareness that this is going on. Right. So it depends where people are at, but yeah, like that, that can get us quite stuck taking it personal. What I like, there was a mom with a child with cancer and those were the group of people that I sort of connected with the most because yeah, they're caregivers. It's someone that they love in their immediate family. And there was one mom, she had said to me, it's we're bolder people, right? So that some people have like rocks kind of like they trip over rocks, but they can get back up 
easier and like continue on, right? There are people who, you know, bigger rocks and then there's like bolder. It's just to explain that moment in life where it's like some of us trip over, like have big boulders in front of us, right? So it took, it takes some of that personalization away a little bit and on some level, do you know what I mean? Um, Acceptance and awareness are a big thing big facets of this work as well, right? With yeah. the sur- surrender piece and the faith. Yeah. I think with healing in general, like, you know, you healing, gotta, yeah. the awareness piece is foundational. You don't have the awareness, right? Just looking at from a sensory perspective too, or even just activity-based, like what do you, what can you do that sort of lights you up? I mean, there's, it's a, such a process and a exploration around what matters to someone and music turning on music and dancing like Mm. that is healing and really nourishing and smells you know like essential oils or what helps you feel good and sometimes we don't have the energy for that and that's okay too you know yeah yeah well this conversation has been super exciting (laughs) i wish we can talk about it all day but aside from communicating with spirit baby really insightful tips that you shared on how it's really important it's not like this is another thing and another like you know, checklist. It's about actually doing what feels and flows for you. And I think that helps in the letting go that helps in the surrendering. So it's almost like, don't think of this as like another thing you have to do, but more so something you have to feel through and you have to like, let your soul guide you. Yeah. And if you can come from it, from a place of like feeling empowered, even though like, for example, it's, you know, deciding to do, um, IVF, right? Like that might feel like, how can you make it where you, so you have to first maybe grieve, like, again, everyone's unique, grieve that process, what's under that. And if you're good with it, great. And how can you optimize this and, and also like be okay with either. Of course, you're going to be upset if it doesn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, grieving, like grieving so many things, like grieving a cycle. So grieving like that, that egg that, that you created it didn't fertilize or grieving that this isn't going to be easy for you, that this mm-hmm. grieving, that this is your journey, that this is your path. Like, I think there's so much in that. So depending on the person, it's like, what is making this hard? And sometimes, cause we sometimes make it, and it's not to, I acknowledge that it's tricky, right? For sure. Yeah. It's when things don't happen easily, but when we, so what is making it hard though? Like what, like you said, like, what is, what can I learn from this? What is this calling me to expand to on or deepen on to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the biggest takeaway I just say is like, I have a Facebook group called gray mothering and eventually there'll be a book and a podcast as well, but it's because it's not black and white. And that starts with the conception journey as well, right? Like it is not black and white. And which is a beautiful thing that there's a lot of space in between and we can, that is where growth happens. It's where possibilities are born. It's where babies are conceived or in the darkness, right? Um, and the dark isn't bad. It's definitely can be, can be a source of strength and also we can redefine it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. We'll link the Facebook group below for any listeners who may be, you know, on the journey to motherhood maybe pregnant or maybe they are moms. When I think of gray mothering and even it helps take some of the like judgment and stigmas away from moms. There's so much shame and blame in motherhood that I feel like there needs to be more groups and people like you talking about it isn't black and white. It's not simple. Everyone's going to do it differently. And that is a okay. Are there any tips or last minute comments that you have to share for particularly the listeners that 
maybe are on this trying to conceive journey. Just know that you're not alone, even though it can feel very isolating. Find those people, reach out to either of us, right? Like, and just whatever it is that will help you get through, you know, whether it's some people it's going for a run or for me, it's that spirituality piece was really helpful for me. So trusting the process um, and trusting your instincts, keep doing that for sure. That's Mm -hmm. like your number one will guide you through life in whatever journey and whatever obstacles that you're faced with. Yeah. Trust. Trust, trust, trust. For our listeners who want to connect with you and learn about the exciting things you have coming up and about gray mothering, where's the best place for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so lynnnewman.com. So L-Y-N-N-E, newman.com. All right, cool. We'll link Mm -hmm. that below. Great. Well, thank you so much for our interview. It was great to have you here. And I look forward to potentially more future interviews because we have so much in common that we can talk about. (laughs) Yes, great. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Hormone Heartbeat Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of all future episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all guest details and your free downloadable goodies. Your feedback is important to me, so please, please leave a review so women can find and be empowered by this knowledge. If you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on the show or have a recommendation for guests you'd like to see interviewed, please get in touch by emailing the hormone heartbeat podcast at gmail.com.